Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up this No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, in WrestleMania, alongside for the ride is a man that lost his belt to Roman Reigns, but then decided to walk in at number 30 and win the damn thing, JC. Thank you for joining us, JC. WrestleMania, you predicted it. I give you credit for that, um, for sure, because that was uh, bold to do that, because for your winner to happen, something else had to happen, which those are always the bravest predictions to do. You know, you are a coward most of the time with them, and I have to goat you into some, but I did not have to goat you into that one. So I will give you props for calling that. Uh, but yeah. So the Rumble, it happened. We're not even going to bother talking about SmackDown. I don't think there's anything worth on SmackDown uh, talking about. It is Royal Rumble heavy, obviously, because it's the the one that everybody loves so much. Um, I guess we can get right into it. We'll go into the six matches, I guess. We'll start off at the beginning. We had Seth freaking Rollins defeating Roman Reigns by disqualification, 14 minutes, 25 seconds. I got to say, JC, everybody was, you know, bitching and moaning about this whole thing. But personally, for me, I watched this and I thought to myself, man, just the from the start to the finish, everything made sense. Everything made sense. Everything was a storyline. There's more to it. You can always go back to it. And I love that stuff. Nestlemania, this was the best part of the card, in my opinion. This was the best match. This was the best overall thing, because especially I, I thought the men's rumble was really lackluster. We'll get to that later. But this by far, I thought, yeah, this this made so much sense. And what I love about this is that, and I didn't really think about this because we were just talking about the notch on the belt. But with Roman, like that's what I was really like focused on, is that forget that Roman still never beat Seth in singles. And WWE loves to save that shit. Because when it eventually does happen, it's a big deal. So they found a way to do it where it's like Roman keeps his title but still loses. Seth can move on. Who knows? He could win the WWE title in Elimination Chamber and still go on to be a champion at WrestleMania. We're still getting Reigns and Brock, which is what they wanted to do all along. But, man, this 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 match, it was so good with Seth coming out in the Shield gear. It just It was a lot of fun. And looking back at the Royal Rumble event, this was definitely the high point, I think. The other thing, too, that made me kind of giggle, and I think Dom was the first person that I saw that did anything about it, um, which was kind of the Joker getting beaten up in the Dark Knight, and so was Seth Rollins, and like, and they did, someone had a great meme where it was like, Dean Ambrose was Bane, you know, with the mask. <laughs> he was, And yep. then, of course, the Joker's Seth, and then Batman must be Reigns, which I was just like, as a Batman fan, eh, but head of the table right so yeah but sometimes like as much as you love batman sometimes he can be the least likable person on the show too so that's true that's true i do turn in for the heels so that's true i get that but anyway i mean so they they had a good match uh, probably the best match on the card like you said 14 minutes a lot of drama a lot of, a lot of gaga afterwards of course a lot of story a lot of story so it's heavy the other thing i wanted to to correct or at least i think i can correct so I was intrigued by what you said, JC, uh, about Seth Rollins never losing to Roman Reigns. Apparently that is false. But so that okay. so they he has two victories over Seth Rollins on Raw. Well, sorry, one on Raw, one on SmackDown. Obviously those have been buried. Nobody cares. But yeah, I was going to say they did a good job hiding those. But the real the real thing that I think they said was he's never beaten him when it matters, which okay. I think is the bigger story there. Okay, um, but. I mean, again, they've done a good job revisionist history of making us think that it never existed. Were they singles matches or were they, they were. Like tag I, so matches? I went, okay. I went to the internet wrestling database and I made sure that it wasn't a DQ, it wasn't a countout. And they were just non-title matches. They were non-titles so randomly yeah. on a Raw on a SmackDown okay. in like 2014, 2016 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that's why the internet wrestling database, special shout out to those guys. Uh, but no, I, I, I agree with you. They do a great job with that. Moving on. Whew. We get into the women's Royal Rumble, which it's surprisingly, and I, we can talk about this, I guess, now, or we can talk about it when the men's Royal Rumble we talk about. 
Ronda Rousey wins. I believe she was number, if I look at my numbers correctly. 26 or 7, She I was 28. 28. 28, okay. And only lasted 10 minutes in their four eliminations. 59 minutes, 40 seconds for the entire women's Royal Rumble. I felt like this went long. Like, it felt long when I was watching it. Obviously, we were watching it. Uh, there were a lot of great surprises, which I thought were way heavier in the women's Royal Rumble than they were in the men's. The men's felt more raw-like, I guess is the best way I can describe it. So I'm curious how you felt, your girl number one, coming in Sasha, Sailor Moon in it, uh, for a very long time until, of course, the next generation Sasha got eliminated and then Belair came on because they can't touch. Um, I'm curious what your takeaways were from this Women's Royal Rumble. So this, obviously, a lot of these Women's Rumbles over the years have been very sloppy, but I liked this Rumble a lot better in the men's for mainly two reasons. One, obviously, you had a lot of the fun. You had all these surprises. Like, you have Melina come in at two, overcome with emotion. There were so many moments like that in this, um, whether it was, uh, like, you just just all the people they brought back. It was a lot of fun. But the, the, the main thing to me of why I like this better is it felt like every single person who entered the match pretty much, they had something for them, which that's always the beauty of the Rumbles. In the men's, when we get to that, we can talk about it. I remember so few things from that that were, like, little moments that I could remember. Whereas in this, I feel like every single person, whether it was, like, the little thing of Summer Rae leading up with Natalia, like, it was just such a little thing, but it happened. The Bellas calling back to their Rumble moments. Nikki attacking Molly, Mighty Molly. That was a lot of fun. The Bellas taking out the Riot Squad after their little reunion. The Rhea Ivory spot was a ton of fun. Sonia eliminating Naomi's friend. Like, she comes out on commentary, and then she's like, oh, she plays dumb. Like, oh, that's Naomi's friend? Well, I'm going to ruin her day. And so Cameron makes the return. Then obviously Naomi comes out. Then she does her Kofi spot where she didn't botch it. But Sonia pulls her out. So it's just like all throughout this entire Rumble, there's a little bit of everything for everyone. Like you said, Bianca was an Iron Woman for like the third year in a row. Uh, I think Liv and Natalia were the next two in terms of time. So Liv did get a little rub being in there for a long time. Sasha obviously coming out in the Sailor Moon gear at one gave a lot of people a lot. The early elimination was shocking, but it gave a nice thing to Queen Selena when she threw her out. Um, so yeah, and then obviously Rousey comes out and wins it, but you had her and Shayna with their little thing. Uh, obviously Rhea looked like an absolute stud. She's going to be another one that's going to be a fixture in these rumbles. Um, so it's just, it's, and then you had the Mickey James obviously coming out. They called back to her feud with Michelle McCool, which I know you love. Just literally, you can go down the line. Every single person who entered, there was a little bit of story with them. It was a very well thought out. You know, Tyson Kidd, someone who works a lot with the woman as one of their producers, you know, he had a huge hand in this. And so I want to shout out him and everyone else who did because they're as sloppy as it can be sometimes, which rumbles are sloppy in general. This one, at least every single moment of it, there was something going on. Whereas I don't think that was the case with the men's. I tend to agree with you on a lot of what you just said. The other thing too, is I think you were right. Uh, Bianca Belair, 47 minutes, 30 seconds, 37 minutes for Liv, 36 for Natalia. Yep. That's a pretty long time. I mean, that's a very long time to last in, you know, an almost an hour match. So, again, there were a lot of women in here that I was excited about in general. I mean, I, I, I'm going on the list now as I'm thinking Melina made me giggle because I was just, I'm, I'm, you know, Melina brings back a lot of memories. You know, Aaliyah had a spot in there, too. Like, there's just so many people who had something. There was a moment where Aaliyah, Liv, and uh, Zelina were all, like, beating up someone in the corner. I was like, oh, my God, it's my, like, three, like, favorite, like, smaller wrestlers it was just funny seeing them all together it was like what what a, what a faction that would be for me that would be a lot of fun but it, it was just all those things it was just it was just cool to see which like yes we know like the women's division they're on a ton they obviously didn't use the nxt people this year they used a lot of the former but for a lot of these women who are coming back the women's royal rumble didn't exist for them so it's kind of cool they at least get to be a part of it and their names that a lot of like the casual fans who come back and just watch the rumble will recognize so i thought this i thought i just thought it was a lot of fun i rewatched them we watched obviously together on Saturday. I rewatched both Rumbles again Sunday morning while I was waiting for football and I had, I, on the second watch I think I might have enjoyed it even more. So it was. It was a lot of fun. It's a bold statement right there. It's a very, very bold statement because honestly you know, out of a six match card you think the Rumbles and maybe the, the title matches are what really bring you. Uh, but you know, not, not all the time. Moving on. And I'm curious how you felt about this because for me, I look at it like not going to say this was the worst match on the card. Ah, fuck it. I'll say it. It's the worst match on the card. Becky Lynch defeats Dewdrop in a pinfall. I thought Dewdrop did an amazing job here. I thought Becky tried her best. 13 minutes flat. But you knew the outcome, which, again, doesn't necessarily matter. But I looked at this as like a, a tryout for Dewdrop in the upper card, I guess is the best way to look at it. But I just, there's something about Becky, right? I, I like, I like 
she's heavy on the promo. She's heavy, you know, on a lot of different things. She's got the she's got the ring around their finger. She knows what she's doing. But when she gets inside that ring, I almost feel like it's secondary or third. Because when she drops that ugly leg drop or does the manhandle slam from the second <laughs> rope or like does these things that don't look like I know you guys make fun of me a lot. It ain't ballet, Adam. But sometimes but uh but you know, sometimes I look at it and I think, come on, like who the fuck's gonna pull that out in a fight? Like, you know, it's just so for me I think it's kinda just silly. It's just silly. Like, so for me, I, this to me was kind of like, I don't know. We'll talk about the men's rumble and saying this is probably the worst. And I get that. But to me, a single, like single match wise or any match wise that is non Royal rumble. I think to me, this was one of the worst because I feel like Becky Lynch. So here's, here's, here's my caveat with Becky Lynch, right? If Becky Lynch is a mega star, as they claim to be that she is right, that she's, she's above so many other things. Then you have to hold her to a higher standard than everybody else, right? Like you do with Roman Reigns. I agree. So I feel like for people being like, "Oh, you're you're so mean," and blah 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 blah, and you know, you, should, I'm telling you, the the answer is right in front of you. The and it, it's it, JC, you know this more than anything in sports. The better you are, the higher you know the you know they hold you, and the bigger the microscope on everything that you do. So for me, yeah, I think to me, Becky Lynch up until now, because it's you know mania season, maybe she'll put on her you know her wrestling boots for once. I just don't think that she's delivered in terms of the wrestling on her end. So a lot to unpack here. First off, starting off with the star thing with Becky, like within WWE, yes, she made herself a huge star, which is awesome. But here's the difference between her and like, maybe like a Charlotte and a Sasha to me is that like those two just emanate star power. And like, they don't have to go over and like shove it in your face. And obviously like, especially Sasha's projects outside of WWE that have like helped her reach an even bigger audience. Um, but with Becky, it's like, they really do hammer it home because I feel like they feel like they have to say it, which I think is, can be a problem. And yeah, I, I, Becky obviously has earned everything she got. She worked hard. Her story was amazing. She was supposed to be one of the forgotten ones of the four horsewomen. And she thrust herself because Nia broke her buddy nose. She took advantage of it and took over. But obviously, yeah, I think since she's had to evolve, I think a lot since she came back, which probably is part of it is giving birth and like changes to her body and stuff. That's why she changed her finisher. But the leg drop obviously isn't pretty. She should probably get away from that. But so that's that in terms of that. But in terms of this match, I said it immediately when it happened. Like, this is the toughest spot on the card for this match. First of all, you're following a rumble, and it's just, it was like kind of like a dead spot. And you're coming after like all the moments they had there, the Rousey coming back. It's just, it's, this was a tough spot. I don't think their match was terrible. I think Dewdrop did a really nice job. I think she had a good showing. But it was like, even if they had like an amazing, perfect match, it still would have been overshadowed because this was just kind of there. And like you said, we knew the outcome. I think this definitely was, like you mentioned, a tester for Dewdrop, but I also think it was them being like, look it, you've done a great job the last few months, um, Dewdrop, so we wanted to kind of like, you know, give her something here, give her an opportunity, and Becky did really say when she started to reign, she did want to work with some of the younger talent, she's obviously worked with Liv and Dewdrop, where she's going next might be a little different, but it's obviously getting to that season where, uh, you know, WWE kind of makes the calls more than the talent, but I do think that this has benefited live and do drop because it's just giving them a chance. It's giving them a chance, but yeah, no, they were screwed in this position. It probably was the low point of the card, but I think it was just because what they had to follow the position they were in and that the match was, we knew it was kind of a throwaway. So it was, it was tough all around for these two. Going from tough to real tough. We go over to the Bobby Lashley with MVP defeating Brock Lesnar as the champion uh, for the WWE championship. Excuse me. Uh, 10 minutes, 15 seconds. Obviously, the betrayal, the gaga, the whole kitten caboodle with the ref bumps. Not one, but two ref bumps with his earpiece falling out and stuck on the turnbuckle. There's a lot here. Um, I will say this much. I was so boned up for this matchup. Like, people who know me, obviously you do. People who know me know I wanted this matchup for years. Years. And this could not live up to my expectations in my mind anyway. But I felt like Bobby Lashley not wanting to take those suplexes did not help me enjoy this matchup. Uh, I get it. He's a big boy. Doesn't want to take it. Probably not used to taking it. I get that. But he, he could have really hurt himself if he already didn't concuss himself or just knocked himself silly. I mean, I know in a Brock Lesnar match, I'm not necessarily going to love what I see. Sometimes it's just brutality. Which it normally is. The ending saved it for me. Right, I think the ending made it exactly. I mean, I called it, but I, I, I wanted it to happen because, again, it makes sense. It goes on with 
And everybody freaking out over Brock Lesnar is just like, we'll get to we'll it. We'll get there. We'll get but there. I'm curious how you feel about it because, I mean, again, it was like a Brock match. Brocks don't normally have matches longer than 10 minutes. Minutes, excuse me. Uh, we were joking it was going to go, you know, five to seven because, it, you know, it's a Haas fight, right? So Bobby wins. Bobby gets everything he wants out of this scenario. But I feel like I'm not going to equate it to this because this isn't this is the only thing I can think of it being equal, not equal to, but in the same realm as when Ric Flair came in in 91 or 92 and won and it was like, oh, Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan this is going to be the greatest thing ever. Then they did a bunch of house shows and they realized, fuck, they don't have chemistry. Apparently, that was, that's the that's the lore. Um, this made me think of the same thing where it's like, oh man, this looks great on a fucking poster. This looks great in my mind and on paper, but maybe not the biggest and best decision I think going forward because there should only be one like Highlander. That's all I'm thinking. So what I'll say this, just having them actually fight was enough for me. This match could have been the worst thing in the world and it wouldn't have mattered because like you said, this is something I think we've both hoped for multiple times on this podcast since this incarnation. So it's definitely something we wanted, but just seeing it. And yeah, it's like obviously Bobby's being put in and Brock are both being put in positions they're not used to because they're always the bigger, stronger guy. And in this situation, they're equals. And like, as we've seen over the years with Brock, he's great with the little guys because Brock really can go. But with the bigger guys and the more like violent fights, like it just has to be different. And they're going to get sloppy, which granted, when you have heavyweights fight, I don't know if you watch UFC or box at all. When heavyweights fight, they are the sloppiest of any of the fights. They're sometimes the least fun to watch because they're just two fucking meaty men just flailing at each other, like trying to hit that big shot. And like with Brock and Bobby, obviously we mix with uh, in wrestling, it's just it's a lot of like his the the suplexes and spears and this and that. So I actually I didn't mind it. Um, it definitely was a little uncomfortable watching Bobby not being able to take the suplexes. It's like, is he actually hurt? And he didn't look like he was all there or whatever. But I mean, I, I just I'm sure it's a combination of a lot of things. But yeah, like you said, the ending was great because not only did Roman come back and cost Brock, he left with Paul Heyman, which I think is a big thing here. Obviously going in and obviously Brock's headed to the elimination chamber in the short term and then. So I, he'll probably show up and still on SmackDown here and there, but I don't know if Roman's going to have something in between. But um, yeah, I in terms of the actual match, it definitely wasn't a classic. I definitely wouldn't mind seeing it again because I think a second time it could probably be even better now that these two have kind of tested the water with each other. Because you think Brock Lesnar is coming for training sessions with Bobby Lashley to so go over stuff? No, especially these two guys. They've been around forever. So I I think a, a round two at some point would be really cool. I would like to see it. But yeah, I'm, I'm wearing my Hope Business shirt. I'm thrilled for Bobby. You know I love Lashley. Uh, we've both become big Lashley guys over the last few years, so I'm happy for him. And uh, I'm curious to see what happens next in terms of that WWE title because I think there's a lot of uncertainty, which I think is a lot of fun. I think that's what they always want. They always want you to feel like, ah, you know. You, and I think we could talk about this even more, but when they get to WrestleMania, they get to Royal Rumble, it's like just Russian roulette. They just, they don't want you to know what's going on. They don't want you to enjoy it kind of in a way. Like they want you to enjoy it, but they want you to be like, oh, I didn't know I wanted that kind of mentality. Well, I, I think it's also partially, and like we saw this from the two Rumble winners. And I think that's why a lot of people have had criticism. And I, I honestly, I agree with some of their criticism is they knew Rousey and Brock were going to be in main events. So like we have to have them win the Rumble because we don't know what we're doing with the WWE title. We maybe don't know what we're doing with whatever women's championship Rousey doesn't go for. We don't know who the other contender is. So I think at this point in time, and it's just like the WWE title, it's like we can have some fun with it. Like last year, obviously, we had the Miz and Lashley thing and whatever, which was a lot of fun. So it's like we have a lot of guys on Raw, and we just throw them in the chamber and do some stuff, maybe test the water, see if people are ready for a riddle run, or if we do uh, an AJ run, or if, who knows, maybe Edge is in the mix, or Rollins, or whoever. So I think I think they're having a lot of fun, whereas they knew they were doing Brock Roman, so they just they took the easy way out, which, again, it made sense for the story, but I also agree with people's being upset that it was predictable. I think both sides have very good points, but we're going to get to that more in a minute. But I think this this WWE title picture is so murky, and I think that's a good thing because, yeah, we have our predictable stuff for Mania, but it's also good to have the mix of not knowing what the fuck is going on, too. Speaking of what not knowing the fuck is going on, we had Edge and Beth Phoenix defeating The Miz and Maurice, which obviously I got goaded into, so you're welcome, JC. Instead of me winning by two, I, lost, I won by one. Uh, 12 minutes, 30 seconds. It wasn't terrible. I love I love the gear choices. Impeccable, both sides. Uh, it was for their for their kids, you know, like to see their kids, you know, happy and stuff. So again, as a parent, I'm like, okay, I, I'll 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 bow to that one and understand what it is. Um, I didn't like the ending with the the glam slams, but that's just me. 
I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of cool. It was I, kind of like Edge because I mean that that move is so powerful, anyways. And seeing Edge kind of doing his wife because usually I feel like a lot of times these mixed tags, the woman does the man's move. Sure. So I like that it was kind of reversed. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. You yeah. know, I, I, progress, I, Nestle. I could I could get talked into that. I guess the other thing too that it made me kind of giggle and also like in a good way was that Edge and uh, Beth were doing a lot of double team moves to you know show off their tag team skills as well as you know remembering the great tag teams before them. So again, here's here's my caveat. And I don't know if uh, this is good enough. And I know people are going to be like, don't they have enough already? But I'm looking at it like this. I'm not saying the women's championship to women's tag team championship should go away. I'm not. I would like to see the women's division on one show, right? For tag teams. Because I'm feeling, here's the thing, right? I'm feeling almost like I enjoy the mixed match challenge a lot. And I would like to see the mixed match challenge or maybe mixed tag belts somewhere down the line but i know there's so a lot i would make that its own show i the woman because i think a lot of the time especially with the women's tag teams you get a lot of the random pairings just because there's not enough but i would actually if they had like a like a instead of like a main event maybe for a few months you have like another tournament i thought that was a blast and just make it like its own thing people can tune in for it, it can be separate from your regular storyline because I, I actually kind of like the way it works i think mixing it in it's as not just another title, I think they're like you said, they already have so many titles, it's hard for them all to get proper time. But if you make it its own thing, like you did last time, and sure, you can have a championship for it, its own like thing, I think they could have a lot of fun with it because, yeah, like you said, those were a blast. And every now and then, when they mix these in, they're usually good. And I think that they had a really good importance on Facebook with it. I think like a lot of people got into it and had a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, I. I definitely would like a mixed match challenge again. That's hard to say. Maybe find something else. I don't know. Mix match challenge. MMC. The MMC. The most what was it the most extreme elimination challenge. challenge. Right you are, Ken. <laughs> right you are. I love that show. Um, yeah, and good. and finally we get Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble by eliminating eliminating a lot of motherfuckers, but more importantly Drew McIntyre. Fifty one minutes and ten seconds. So they did not do a minute. They did not do a minute thirty. They did not do well, a minute. Or two minutes. That was my biggest takeaway of why I don't think I enjoyed this as much is because it felt rushed the whole time. Oh, yeah. And the whole end sequence felt rushed. I know, like, obviously, the Kofi botch was a big thing. And if you believe what you read, they had a lot of stuff planned. And, I mean, this is it's literally, like, creating history after the fact, being like, oh, yeah, you should have seen all the spots we had to make Big E look great. It's like, maybe you had one spot with Kofi, but I don't believe that he, like, I, I just believe you went into the Rumble. And you're like, yeah, screw Big E. He's just going to be a guy. Because that's kind of what this Rumble felt like to me. It was like, you treated so many of your people as just guys. Like, they're just like, oh, yeah, they're, they're just out there. And the other thing for me that was kind of, that I kind of noticed, and I didn't, at the time, I thought about it after, it's like, there were two guys that weren't in this Rumble at all, and it had me thinking, it's like, there's a reason why they had Shane McMahon be third to last, because they didn't want you booing Brock as much, so they tried to get all the favorites out early, like they took out KO and Big E a little earlier than maybe they should have, just because they don't, they want to avoid those big boos like we've seen over the years. But the two guys not in it were Finn Balor and Cesaro in WrestleMania. Two guys that people constantly are clamoring are criminally underused by WWE and want to be pushed. If these guys would have been in the Rumbles, they could have had a hijacking situation. So I think that's part of the reason why they were just like, fuck it. We're just going to leave these two guys completely out of the Rumble. Because I believe Cesaro was even like poor. But like you see like the other stuff. It's like they made sure AJ was out a little earlier. They had Nakamura at two. They're just... They did a really, that's part of the reason why I don't think I enjoyed it as much is because they went out of their way just to make sure the ending, like, went the way it went, which granted, like, I mean, Brock Lesnar's Brock Lesnar. Again, for the story's sake, like, I understand why he won it. I would have loved to see um, some up-and-comer or, so, or someone who's, like, a little, or established, like, because Biggie at this point has been a champion, so there's not really an up-and-comer. But, like, someone like that get a chance. But obviously they weren't doing it. But I think what really bothered me is they didn't really have things for everyone like they did in the women's and it really felt like they went out of their way to make sure like the ones who can be crowd favorites never really had a chance at the end to hijack it which again i understand why they did it but at the same time that doesn't mean i'm gonna like it like i thought i think that's lame so so things that i do remember which apparently a lot of people were pissed at was madcap moss eliminating aj Styles. what that was one of the best parts of the rumble right exactly yeah. absolutely and i i think that was great because madcap moss needed something and he got it he got it Johnny Knoxville surprised the fuck out of me, right? His outfit was amazing. His yeah. spots were amazing. That was one of the highlights of the Rumble. And they took care of him. They took care of him. Omos got eliminated by one, two, three, four, five, six guys. So I can believe that. <laughs> yep. That's what it says here. That's fine. Happy and, uh, and Madcap were having a good old time for a while till they got eliminated by, of course, the slongy sword Scott. The returning Drew McIntyre, which we both were. <sighs> <on. laughs> 
<laughs> you even said it. You even said it when we watched it. You're like, he's only been gone for like four weeks, and it feels like he hasn't left. Yeah, you know, and that's that's because I, I know we've been on the thing like take a break, but it's just like, man, it really didn't do it for me. But I again, like I know a lot of people like him. They're probably happy he's back. He is a contender, so it was whatever. But it's just like, oh man, I don't. It's just like, oh, uh, it's tough. I here's the other thing too. This is what makes me really nervous about WrestleMania in general. A lot of people have made the joke that it's going to be McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, and Reigns, right? Ugh. So here's the thing. If you put McIntyre in that match, if you shoehorn him in because there's nothing else big enough for him, he is going to fuck up that story in some way for me. Like, Yeah, he shouldn't be in He it. should not. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like you have an amazing story there for WrestleMania that's had months, probably years of buildup. You know, we're not tired of it. So interjecting him in some way makes me feel like it's cheapened because we feel like, and, and you say it all the time, that person's in that match to eat a pin or that person's in, you know, like maybe he isn't, maybe he, he'll win or whatever. But if he's in that main event at WrestleMania, I will be very upset. Very what about upset. This? I, I mean, I could see them dragging out this Corbin thing forever and that being the match, which I mean, look at, I'm a Corbin guy and I don't think I want that because I'm going, but here's, here's the match you do with him. I mean, because they're not going to do a one-on-one with Cesaro. I think that'd be cool, and they'd love it. But here's the match, and I don't think it's going to happen because the guy's in NXT. But if there's ever a time to do McIntyre Gunther, I think that would like this would be it. Like this would be the time. Like they're both away from championships. They can have a good singles match, and it's one of those things where I think people would be all for it. And I think it'd be cool. And these two could beat the fuck out of each other. But I don't think they're going to do it this year. But that, that's what I would do if you don't, because um, I'm not sticking them in the title picture. Then I'm looking around and like, if it's not Corbin on SmackDown, like. Who is he fighting legitimately? Because I don't think Cesaro's had enough. Like, Biggie and Kofi are clearly going to be like a tag team thing. It's like, I don't think there's anyone else there. I mean, I could, the only thing I could get behind is a Sami Zayn thing, but I don't even know if that's good enough. Yeah. I mean, I, who knows when they do this intercontinental thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sami's in like a fucking six man ladder match or something with that. Maybe they throw McIntyre in that because I think they've done that in the past and he's just a guy in there and just, he doesn't have to eat a pin, but he can still lose. Like, maybe that's the way, like one of those multi man matches, but. It just I don't know. I think I think McIntyre Gunther would would be something cool. I think the fans would fucking go nuts for it. So. I just don't know what else you can do with like I, I it sucks because I feel like he's not changed. Right? Yeah. Like at least some people are, are are changing up their character a little bit like or evolving, I guess is probably the better word, you know, but like I'm looking at the list and I'm like AJ Mack maybe AJ's on Raw though. No, I'm just trying to think and, of anybody. Like and you, I think you we can all make a want case AJ for Edge, so. Right. No, no, I'm just trying to think you can make a case for certain things, but like yeah. Anybody against McIntyre for me is making me go, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, that, that's why for me, I Common think Gunther, even for me, I'm not the biggest. I like I I'm I'm very up and down on Gunther. I think he is very good, but I'm like obviously out on Mac right now. But that matchup is something where I'd be like, yeah, that'd be a singles match that I'd be I could be talked into being excited for. So that's why for me, that's what I do. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious your take on the rest of this because, yeah, for me, I had three things that stuck out as, like, the positives for the Rumble. It was Knoxville, like you said, Madcap, eliminating uh, AJ, and then Bad Bunny, I thought, did great. Seeing him kind of stare down Brock Lesnar and work with a lot of the top guys in the company at the end of the Rumble, I thought was cool. I don't know if I want to see – I mean, if him and Sheamus have a match down the line, I think that's fine, but I don't – I don't. I also think he's going to be on tour again, so I don't know how much they're going to do, but – in terms of it, it's just like looking back at the men's rumble is like at least that's something that was memorable and something that like they had stuff for. Because besides that, like you go down the list of the guys in the rumble, try to tell me what they did in the match. They, like there isn't there wasn't those moments. I thought that was really lackluster. And that's why it kind of bummed me out because I feel like it was just they were so focused on do, like making sure certain stuff didn't happen that they didn't let the natural, cool, fun things about the rumble happen. Because, you know, we kind of this kind of happened in our thread. And I think we should bring it up, too, is like. Um, the, the kind of thing about the rumble launching stars, I think people like kind of like take that the wrong way in terms of like, Oh, a winner. No, no, no. It's never been about the winner. It's always been about like having performances. Cause the rumble is one of the things every year that everyone watches and there's 30 spots. So you can put in a young up and comer and then go do a bunch of stuff. Like for example, the most recent one was Bianca two years ago had that her first rumble had that incredible appearance. She was still in NXT. She was about to challenge for the NXT women's championship and she went in the rumble. I think she came out at two and she had an, a massive performance was the Iron Woman. She looked great. And everyone's like, whoa, that was kind of her coming out party. And then obviously the next year she became the star when she won it. But especially looking at the men's this year, I was looking for those moments. And that's why it's funny. You laugh at the madcap thing. It's like, that was the one like kind of like quote, quote, moment, star yeah. making moment, but it wasn't like, I mean, it was not going to launch madcap too, you know? So besides that, it was, that's why I think it was such a disappointment is there wasn't stuff. Cause at least in the women's, you look at Rhea, 
had another great performance. Liv, obviously, like, she was in there a long time. And just so you can point to things in the women's, like, this was a benefit. Whereas in the men's, it's like, besides, like, the, the Knoxville, the Madcap, and the Bunny, I don't know what else really happened here, so. I feel like that's a joke somewhere. A Madcap, a Bunny, walk into a bar, <laughs> meet a Knoxville. Yeah. What a jackass. No, hey, meet a jackass. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's just, like, it's just, it's, 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 so... Again, Royal Rumble not so great in terms of a lot of things, but again, we're on the way to, you know, the road to WrestleMania. We're headed to, you know, Saudi Arabia apparently for uh, Elimination Chamber, which again, change the gears, go over to the thing. So I guess it's time to get into the regular part of the program with the shine. Do we talk about the Elimination Chamber or do you want to go right into the, what I think is the best part of Raw? Let's talk about the best part of Raw first. I love scooters. I, oh my God. I... So I, I, I was I was excited when they started, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be multi-segment. This is great. And they had, like, four or five of them, which was good, you know? But there were a couple where I was like, okay, Tamina and the whole, whatever, that, it's a thing. But the one that made me laugh the most, for some reason, I don't know why, was the the Otis one with the steak sauce. Like, like the way that <laughs> Gable, like, spit it out and ran away, he was like, sodium. Just the way he's like, oh, sodium. Like, the way that he got so disgusted by sodium made me giggle. But, like, we already know Riddle is just doing God's work. Like, doing amazing. Uh, But to have, like, here's why I think it's working so well for me. Is like, you can't have the Roadrunner without fucking Wile E. Coyote. You know what I mean? And for some reason, Riddle and Gable, they just feel like, they can always find something to do. And no matter how, like they could be in catering, in catering, in a promo. And somehow they would find a way to make it good. I don't know. It's just, and watching like him take a lap around him after Otis beat him up. And then they had the match, the whole deal. Like, I just, I loved everything about it. I just, I, I was so happy for Chad Gable. Cause I was watching this thinking to myself, I know where this is going to end up. I know there's going to be a Kurt Angle thing at some point. But I just cannot, for the life of me, like, I don't even want to talk about how much I like it because I'm afraid they're going to take away from us. I really am. I See, I think this is one of those things where they kind of, like, they saw it early. And I think um, there, was pro- there was definitely an Orton push behind the scenes to involve this. But I think once they kind of got the glimpses, kind of like we did, of those two interacting, it's like, man, this is gold. And the one great thing about Riddle is obviously Randy Orton is, looks like he might be even, I don't know if it was a week off or maybe he might take multi-weeks off. We've seen him do it before when they've been in this tag team. Maybe that's part of the reason why they had to drop the titles. But it's just like Riddle does such a good job when he's by himself too of like really still carrying the the Randy mantle of like them as a tag team. Like he's feuding with a tag team this week on Raw by himself. We saw him do it with AJ and Omos. So it's like, it's just, it's great. But yeah, this scooter race was a blast. When they're going around, we get, we're getting the lap update with like the little like mixtures and he's going, he drives into Od- and, uh, Omos and everything. It's just like, it's so good. And obviously it led to a match, which uh, was a uh, qualifying for the chamber. So Riddle's in the chamber, which I think is exciting because Riddle should be a contender this time of year, man. With the year he had, like if they, if, if it was like, honestly, I had like a different hope to kind of get here, but it kind of got ruined based on how they booked it. But you could sell me on a Riddle Lashley feud at Mania for the WWE title. I mean, yeah, they feuded over the US title for a while last year, but it was great stuff. Like Riddle with MVP was great stuff. Riddle and Lashley, great stuff. Like that is a match. It would be a great match too, because I would be physical and stuff. So that's, I mean, that's something like right now, if you made me pick gun to my head, like if Lashley's keeping the title, that'd be my pick. So I just, I love this because I think, I don't know, man. It's just the range on Riddle. And, like, Gable's been such a rock star in this feud. Him and Otis are such a fun tag team. And everything about this is just so good. Yeah, like I said, I just, I really enjoyed it. Something else that I I was super boned up for, which I was excited all night for, but was Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles. I could not believe, like, they probably wrestled a couple times. It's fine, whatever. But every time they do it, it seems very special. It seems very interesting. They put it in the main event-ish. I mean, that was kind of the last thing before Ronda Rousey's thing. Uh, so I looked at it as the main event. Um, it's a main event match. It was well it done. Like that. It was definitely, yeah. they definitely went out of their way to make it feel special. They went out, you know, and it was like an amazing, like, just watching and like, just the amount of fun to go back and forth with it, it was great. But also, I wanted to say, on this show, there was some good wrestling too, like, KO in theory, in my opinion, you could make an argument that they had a better match. And I was surprised how much theory took from KO 
in terms of chops, in terms of getting beaten the piss and snot out of him. You know what I mean? Like some people, you know, they make a joke in wrestling all the time when somebody chops you. There are some guys that get like, you know, excited from below the waist when they get hit pretty hard, which, you know, whatever. But KO seems like that kind of guy where it's like, yeah, I can hit somebody. And yeah, this guy hits me back. And I looked at this and I went, we know that it, we know that theory's got like probably 15 years in him. But man, that was that that made me go. He is going very, very quickly to the top of the card. Very quickly. Because I mean, he, he qualified for the chamber, which I think is huge. Like that was so that to me like that, like those matches are both great. But this this whole thing was a lot more fun for me because it led off with the KO show, which was so good with him just completely dismissing theory. So the minute he started doing that, I was like, well. It was just like Brock with Bobby. It's like, all right, well, Theory's going to win, which is going to be great because it's going to continue this spiral of KO's character. But the stuff with him and Seth was a ton of fun and like the the little bit of like animosity going on there, being like, well, why didn't you go ask to get me put in? You know I'd do that for you. And Seth being like, eh. But I thought that was a very good lead into the match. And then like you said, the wrestling just took over and it was great. And Theory took a ton of damage and really earned his spot in that match. So yeah, I love everything about this. And now obviously now, so the Elimination Chamber is set with Lashley, Brock, AJ, Theory, Riddle. Who am I forgetting? Rollins. Rollins, duh. Yeah, Rollins, because he got the auto. I was yeah. trying to think of the matches. So I qualified from last pr- night. Pretty loaded chamber. Um, I'm, I am I am surprised KO's not in it, but I also think that that's going to be part of the story, which wasn't KO set the Mania match last year? It was uh, two years ago. Was it two years ago? Okay, cool. Because that's when he jumped off the side. Whether they run that back for a championship or not, like, I would be all for that again, man, because this, their story has been one of the better stories. Like, I mean, I know you've been thinking a lot leading to a tag team, but I think especially what we saw this week is if the, if Rollins wins the title, they could easily do it and have KO turn on him and challenge him. Or if Rollins doesn't win it, maybe KO costs him within the chamber because he's jealous. Like, you think he's coming in to help and he starts to beat up Theory, but then he costs – like, there's so many things they could do to it. And, like, we know these two are show stealers when they do it. So I'd be all for it. But I think it's – we know Theory's probably not going to win this. So that kind of leaves, like – we don't probably Brock's not going to take this back. We assume Roman or the Usos are going to cost him again here. So it really comes down to Roman Riddle and AJ, I think of potential guys, because I could see um, Bobby versus anyone. I could see AJ and edge being for the title. I could see Seth and KO for the title, but then I, I mean, I don't think Riddle wins here, but I think they could really set him up as possibly the contender going into mania. And then also like Orton not being involved in this. That's also something that could happen here. So I think there's a lot of interesting moving parts in this thing. Let me throw out two names to you real quick. Are you excited for if Lashley keeps it, goes to Mania, and we have Lashley versus Big E again? Is there a story enough there? Does Big, that make you excited or no? Big E's not on Raw anymore. Very good point. Yeah. Although he's he's on the website on Raw. Just well, they, well, they changed it on. They probably no, I know. They, that, they, yeah, they, they snuck they it They went out right. of their way because I, it sounds like we might be having Usos and New Day fight forever just with a different member yeah, of the New I Day. Know. <laughs> All right, and, and finally, the other thing, that, and I know this is probably kind of way far out there, Omos. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's. I he's. They're gonna have something for him at Mania, but it ain't gonna be this. Which here's the other thing. I know a lot of us are really hot on the Shane theory thing, but do you remember how Omos kind of got the bump? Anyways, it was with Shane as his bodyguard. So you know, Shane loves to be the stunt dummy, as we saw in the match with Braun. I could see Shane and Omos be in the match. They could be like, who could we have Omos beat? That would be a big deal in a high-profile match that people would care about that he can win. It'd be to throw Shane McMahon around. I mean, so. Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman was not not a bad match. So no, exactly. That's what I mean. And they probably look at that and like we can literally since Braun's gone, we can do a carbon copy of how we built him into a world champion with Omos. Yeah. So it just it makes and the story, like we said, is there because he was uh, Shane's bodyguard for Raw Underground, and Shane's clearly on Raw. So if it isn't theory, which I know a lot of people watch, I, I honestly Shane and Omos makes a lot of sense. The other thing I was thinking of the the the, the more legitimate thing would be that you make him the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner because he's Andre the Giant next generation. That's the easy one, yeah. That's the easy layup. But yeah, I understand where you're going with it. I understand. Um, is there anything else that you got very excited about? No. Really? Wow. Nothing else on the card? Nothing I else mean, Bianca won. I love to. I heard her Mila's match. I enjoyed I always enjoy Bianca matches. She's one of the best right now, but it's nothing. It was like nothing came out. She just got to win, which is. So win a win, but it's like the the rest of the stuff on here was just it was fine. I don't know right. why do you have other shine. I just I, I think this is probably I don't really have much heat this week. No, either. no, that's fine. It's, it's more like murky nothingness. Purgatory really is probably the answer. Um, yeah, I want to. This might be a good transitional piece, and that's fine. We can go here. Brock Lesnar comes out and calls Bobby Chicken shit, like, and they bleeped them for you know goddamn a long time. 
I love this segment personally. It was a good segment. But my only thought was like, I think they have to pick and choose here. They have to, they have to commit like the same thing with Becky, but in a different way, right? Brock Lesnar is this huge baby face now, which everybody is, it's, it's an, an entity to itself. Nobody understands it. It's just kind of there. It's an enigma, right? Because he's, he's being himself. But my, my thing here with Bobby is, is he a chicken shit heel or is he a monster heel? And you can't have both. In my opinion, you can't because you can have his manager back him down, whatever, I guess. But what I would prefer is that Bobby actually is a chicken shit heel. We've seen the dominant heel. We've seen him be the dominant guy. We know that that's there to tap into, right? But I, I want to see layers of Bobby Lashley. Like we know he's in the upper echelon now, right? Well, let's think of this as an evolution, right? Bobby Lashley should be a chicken shit heel. Because to me, that's even worse when a chicken shit heel runs and he's like, I could fuck you up. I could hurt you. But still runs away from people. I think that lends credibility to other people. But then you could also probably talk yourself. I'm talking myself into this. You lose credibility for Bobby Lashley. So how do you feel about that? I, I think with him, it's, he's always, like you said, been the dominant. But I think what makes it different is it's not so much chicken shit. It's that... MVP's kind of like always been like his like calm down like thing you know the, the one thing that can like kind of like channel him and make him think straight and they kind of teased it when they were kind of thinking like when they were teasing like Bobby breaking off is that Bobby was starting to like lose control a little bit and like it was pushing MVP away so I think that's kind of the difference I don't think he needs to go full chicken chicken shit and I think it'd be harder to do without like henchmen like the hurt business if it's just him and mvp because a lot of the times with the chicken shit especially as a heel and a champion you kind of need like a row of people you can just throw in your way like that's what roman does with the usos roman is a dominant champion but at the same time roman's become way more chicken shit like he doesn't win a lot of these matches clean anymore or he gets dq it's just like roman's become that chicken shit heel recently so i don't i don't know it's i don't i think with bobby it's gonna kind of stay kind of how it it's been but it's also like do is this rain gonna last more than a month like is he gonna continue it's just there's a lot of uncertainty here with his not only like in terms of that but also like the title in general so okay that's a fair assessment we can get into the get him off my tv get him off my tv here we go baby it's heaty time oh goodness i don't know why i even bring this up but uh i'm i'm curious how you feel about this lily gets not one but two segments i know you're not a huge fan I'm not, but Nestlemania, it is, after, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff, it has been the highest seller on WWEshop.com for, like, over a year. Yeah. It's not going away, and, like, it's it shouldn't go away for that reason. Like, it's a moneymaker, and it's a big reason. Like, Bliss, we know, is so incredibly popular, just in general. And so, of course, it makes sense of something she had. And, like, I don't know, I, I'm still, I'm still like, in the wait-and-see approach with a lot of these segments. Like, you know I'm not a fan of the dog. Yeah, that's no, why I bring it up. Not, that's why I bring it up. But, uh, it's not, I'm not, but it's just it's one of those things, like, I, I understand... This is something on the show where I really do like Alexa Bliss, but this is something on the show where I understand, like, I'm not necessarily the audience, but, like, whatever. If I have to deal with it, I have to deal with it. It's when they do, like, the weird, like, supernatural shit with the doll, like, next level. Like, that's kind of where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm out. But in terms of, like, using it as her character and part of the reason I like to really show off her insanity, I get it. It is what it is. But, yeah, no, the doll ain't going away because that fucking thing is a cash cow. No, you're absolutely right. I'm just, I'm, what my thought was, was I was trying to see, I, I don't have enough time to do this in real time, but I was trying to look at how they kind of, what her appearance looked like going from, because this is the first week where I looked at it and I went, okay, she, she was wearing her original clothing with like, you know, the first couple of weeks where she was wearing her Angelica pickles on acid kind of stuff for the last two weeks. But I think last night, that was the first time where it was completely black. Right. So that makes mm -hmm. me think like, OK, we're headed into a direction of like darker shit. Like we're headed like if they're if they're doing some expose on Lily and talking about how she's always been there and photoshopping her into her life and stuff like that. I, I get that. Because for me, I'm looking at it like if that doll really does sell, that's fine. But we're going to get I think we're going to get into a deeper kind of like voodoo princess kind of thing like i really do think that like she is going to be so dark like we joked about sister abigail right i think this the, the template here is that sister abigail is coming we're just not going to say sister abigail i mean i think they are going to make her the goddess of the darkness you know what i mean like she is going to be as dark as possible i mean last night to me i mean maybe it was just 
a coincidence, but everything was black. Everything yeah, was my, black. My takeaway from this has always been like Lily's kind of like the imaginary friend slash other personality of Alexa Bliss. And like she uses that, like that's who she blames on when she does things wrong is this doll because it's her imaginary friend, but it's actually her doing it. That's the way I kind of look at it. You see it in a lot of like the like the crazy film, the horror films and stuff like that. That's always been my kind of takeaway. So I think it is interesting, but at the same time, yeah, no, they could they could definitely mix it up. But I just I don't I just curious what their end game is because a lot of these segments are fun, but it was a lot of the stuff with the Bray Wyatt stuff. It's like they tease all this stuff, but then what's the actual end game? So, but and that's always I feel like a lot of the times it can never live up because uh, the some of the lead up is so good and you guys talk with all your theories and you go too deep down the rabbit hole. But I don't know. I think it's definitely something where she's always going to be relevant and that doll's going to sell. So it's going to be on TV. And I'm I just I don't know. It's it's hard to really because it's just I don't know how it'll be that much different from what they've done in the past with her. I guess is my point. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. I'm just trying to look at it from a perspective of. What the hell are they going to do with her? Because I think they're definitely darker. I think they have to be. They absolutely have to be. Let's let's move on to something else. Is there anything that really uh, you wanted you want to talk about? I mean, <laughs> you've Rousey, got, you came out, Rousey came out and said nothing. They wanted her to appear on Fox too, and it it's certainly the more I've been thinking about this. If if she's truly going to be around for a year, uh, like now through the next WrestleMania at least. It makes me think that they might actually do the dumb thing and not do Ronda Becky at this mania and try to save it for next year, which I think you strike while the iron's hot now. But it's just like, the more I thought about it, it's like, well, Charlotte's the champion on Fox. And Fox has wanted Rousey for three years. And then she said she's not going to give her answer till Friday. And they teased all the stuff with Charlotte within the Rumble. They could easily do Charlotte this year, and they probably could get away with doing Becky next year. But it's just like, man, I would still do Ronda Becky. But it makes me think that, man, they're really going to do Ronda Charlotte. So that kind of like, not necessarily bums me out, but it's like, uh. and then obviously what happened next is they've been teasing Lita with Charlotte and Lita actually comes out and challenges Becky, which all I'll say about this is because this, I mean, you talk about Becky struggling in the rain a little bit now, bringing back Lita, oh, this is going to be an ugly match, I think, but at least it's happening in Saudi Arabia. So it's not at WrestleMania. So I'm not going to freak out that much. I immediately thought of you because I went, well, we got five minutes. And then she kept talking and all I could think about was, oh, no, somebody's going to come. And then like literally before I said it, dun, 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 dun. It did give me a little hope, though, that if they don't, if they do do Rousey Charlotte, that we will get Bianca Becky at WrestleMania. That was the other thing that popped into my brain because I was thinking about that. And she went out of her out of her way. Rousey, excuse me, Ronda Rousey went out of her way to say stuff like, Rebecca and da 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 da, you know, like when using my government name and all that other stuff. But here's the other thing that I really wanted to focus on. They've put too much equity in Bel Air at this point against Becky Lynch for SummerSlam 100%. to never get her come up. And WrestleMania is the time. WrestleMania, you have to pull the trigger. And I thought about that too as you were talking. All I could think about was you can talk about the Ronda Rousey three years thing, which is fine. But to me, you don't get to go back three years and just go to it again. You hit pause. You let it. You let it thaw. Which I, I, I don't necessarily. I do want to see Becky lose to Ronda. I do because I think it would humble Becky's character and make Becky maybe a better. See, I think Becky will beat Ronda next year and retire. That's what I think. I think Ronda's going to beat Charlotte because they feel like Charlotte, like whatever. That just means she gets another reign. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe you're right. I, I don't know, but like for me, you just made me like swallow my spit a little bit when I thought about that. But the other <sighs> thing too was like, this is bad. This could be potentially very bad then because if. I think, to me, there's got to be, like, you always think three matches, right? You yeah. got to think three matches. And they've never had a one-on-one -on -one match, technically. Yeah, 100%. So, I I look at it like, and the other thing that made me very, very, very nervous, which I know they're not going to do, but, like, it's the WWE, so anything can happen, you know? I sat there, JC, and I went, oh, my God, she's going to pick Charlotte, right? That's going to be night one, mm -hmm. right? They're going to say the winner of that will be injected into a three-way with Bel Air and Ron. And, they're and, not and doing that. And I'm I'm telling you, double belt. They're not and I'm merging be like, the titles. Ugh. They're not merging the titles. If like, there's literally like that's like they only put Brock in the chamber because it's in fucking Saudi Arabia and they fucking want him over there. They yeah. pay big bucks to have Brock Lesnar. It's just it's, they're not because it's like. Fox likes being its own separate entity because they know they're the better show. They know they're the more watched show. They want their own shit. 
And like, that's like, they wanted Charlotte. They finally got Charlotte. They wanted to keep Roman. They kept Roman. They like, just all these things. Like they, they're going to get what they want. And they, they, they've been clamoring for Rousey forever. They're getting fucking Rousey. They're not, they're not merging those fucking titles. I'm just saying as much as we'd love it. They're not I'm just saying it. it seems like something weird could happen. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not putting it as a hope. I'm just saying it's a thing. You know what? You know what I think actually would be the money match next year is why I would do Ronda Becky this year, because next year I want Bel Air Ronda. I want to see that. I, I think, think they're going to waste because cool th- B- Bianca really is your future. As you see, like they literally like botched her Rumble entrance by teasing it, and the crib was still the biggest pop of the Rumble, one of the biggest pops of the night. Bianca is so fucking over, man. She is so likable. Which yes, granted, that's another reason why you do it with Becky, but man. If you want to do a triple threat, it's Bianca, Becky, and Ronda, which I think is because it's just it's like the problem is there's two people you want to be Becky, but I think that's why they're like, you know what, we'll just, we're going to save it. But I don't know. Bianca Ronda is a match that I really want to see personally. Okay. Anything else that got your hot <clears throat> bothered? No, I don't even know what else is on the show. Okay. That's fair. Moving on. We're going to get hopeful. It's glorious time. Would you like to go first with your hope? Yeah, sure. Why not? I've changed this like three times during the show, but I'm going to go back to my original hope from before the Rumble since. My my, I'll tell you what my hope was. My hope was that Randy Orton was going to win Elimination Chamber and then Riddle was going to beat him for the title at Mania. But that's kind of what they did with the Bray Wyatt thing. And I was like, oh, right back with Riddle. But obviously Orton's not there. So I'm going to go back to my original, original, original hope, which was that MJF beat CM Punk clean as a fucking sheet in Chicago. I put it in my hope because it ain't going to fucking happen. It's probably going to be the reverse where CM Punk beats MJF clean as a sheet or Wardlow pulls some bullshit. But man, to me... This is what I want when CM Punk comes back in his fucking hometown to fucking make someone. And not only it being like the biggest heel in AEW, but fucking let him win clean. Like that, that was always the beauty of a, the MJF, like his first year and a half or whatever in AEW is like, and he always backed it up. Like he never really had to cheat, cheat it every now and then, but he won so many matches actually clean too, because he is that damn good. But lately he's been on this run where he's cheating no matter what, no matter who he's facing. Or in like whatever. So I think this is just man. This is one. Of, this is the one of those moments I was looking for. I think it's, since it's not on pay per view or whatever, and it's just CM Punk's gonna do it. But I'm putting it as my hope for a reason. MJF fucking clean as a fucking whistle over CM Punk in Chicago WrestleMania. That's my hope. That's a good hope. That's a good hope. It's a hope for a reason because it ain't gonna happen. Like Obama said, <laughs> hope is not a plan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to stay with AEW very quickly because you, you sparked something in me when I was thinking about something. I'm very intrigued by, and I don't get don't get me wrong, I, I'm intrigued by a lot in AEW, but I'm intrigued by Jericho and Santana Ortiz, right? And the Eddie Kingston kind of thing. Like, I, I look at that and I go, okay, cool. Here's my hope, right? In some form or fashion, I don't understand why. I think it's going to lead to a Hager and, and Jericho versus Santana Ortiz matchup, which is going to be terrible. I just threw up on my mic. Yeah, I know. But here's 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 my real hope, right? Is that every single member of the inner circle turns on Jericho. As like, Jericho needs to get to a delusional standpoint of like, I am the king, right? I am the guy that AEW was built around, yada, yada. Like, he needs to go full, like, not the pain maker, not the other stuff. Because I think that what the real thing here is, is before Chris Jericho is done, he he should do this. He needs to put over each of them in their own way. And I think, to me, I think he really needs to go against Sammy Guevara. I think that that feud right there is very specific to me. If you call him a, a pillar of AEW, to me, yes, you can springboard and hit a ladder cutter and it's fucking amazing and get five stars from Dave Wackoff. That match was amazing. It was a lot of fun. Was it five it was stars? Amazing. No. If but it happened in, in WWE, it would have been like four stars. So yeah, yeah. we understand there's where a, we're coming from. There's a curve. There's a curve, but that's okay. It was still a lot of fun though, right? But if Sammy Guevara is going to be a pillar, he needs a Jericho victory. And I think there is a lot there with Jericho to do something very good with Sammy Guevara. Because I'm very critical of Sammy. I think sometimes I look at Sammy and I go, what a terrible baby face. Just an he awful is a terrible baby, baby face. But, but he's I, a great heel. But he is a great heel. I yeah. just don't know if they can do old man Jericho as a baby face. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at it like Jericho's always gonna be cheered though. He's like an easy one. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that's maybe what they do. Maybe maybe all of the inner circle turns on Jericho. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Because I'm looking at this going, you can have a Marty moment here where he they he puts him through the glass. 
You can do something. You can do something a little like, different because Jericho is not a genetic. No, I know. I'm just saying you can have a like a, a a betrayal like the list of Jericho. You can have all these things that make perfect sense that really hurt. You know what I mean? I think you could do it. I really do because I'm looking at this picture of the inner circle and I'm just thinking to myself, Santana Ortiz are gonna hurt them at some point, but they need to be champions. And Sammy Guevara needs that win over Jericho before Jericho's done. And he's getting to a point where he is just, I can't listen to him on commentary. And I'm a Jericho guy. I cannot stand, I watch, I watch Rampage on mute because See, of him. How, part of the reason of, I mean, the equating for me, what you on Jericho on comedy, uh, on commentary is, is Jericho in the ring for me. I just, it's, that's like, it's. It's so hard to watch. That's why when you're like you're going through all these matches, you could have them just like all oh, these are gonna make me fucking throw up. And like I think Jericho should definitely have a role on TV and AEW. The commentary maybe is a little much sometimes, but like as a man, like more of a managerial type thing, like whatever. Like it just for sure. But every time he gets in the ring, man, I'm just like I don't want to see. So that's why it's like him and Eddie Kingston. It's like what do you guys expect that match to look like? I get like you put it on a poster that looks cool, but it's like what the fuck are you expecting that match to look like? Yeah, I don't have high hopes for it. I mean, I don't, you know, it's not in a ballet, right? So it is what it is. So I'm curious how it's going to play out. But I think that, like, out of everything I've been watching, I'm thinking to myself, at least, I've always been a huge Santana Ortiz fan. Like, I want to see them be the next tag, like, the the, the real tag team champion. I thought they were going to beat the Lucha Bros, but obviously Jurassic Express does it. So I think, like, you're on to something with them kind of beating up Jericho and turning quote-unquote heel. I think that would set them up to be the ones to dethrone Jurassic Express, but they clearly have some work to do to finishing off the inner circle before they move on to that. So it I all, think you're on to something here. We'll see. We'll see. It's, it's just how they execute it. Yeah, again, we're all going to vomit at some point. It's fine. Now it's time. Don't call it a comeback. I'll start off. My comeback goes to the oldest entry. That's not true. It's probably Mae Young. But in this entry of the Royal Rumble, Ivory, a six-year-old woman in the right to censor gear, cutting a promo and getting eliminated gently as by Rhea Ripley. As she cut the promo. Yeah, as she, she cut the promo. She never stopped talking. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I, To me, I always loved Ivory. I thought she was great from beginning to end in, in this Rumble, but in general, she's always had a soft spot in my heart. But a six-year-old woman cutting it, looking like a million bucks, doing it in she every way. She looks the same as when she retired. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it, she does not age, did a great job. And so I, I loved it. I went back and watched that part just specifically because I love Irie. So she gets my comeback. Because honestly, 60 years old and still looking like a million bucks. I mean, that alone gets my comeback. But then cutting the promo and doing the right to censor stuff. Oh, I, I want to see something at Mania for like two seconds, like a squash. It'd be great. Her and Rhea, that was, it was honestly, it was one of my, one of the things that, one of the like 10 things I mentioned earlier, but it was just like having something for everyone and having her go at Rhea, who's like the youngest, one of the younger people in the Rumble, Rhea's reactions to her were great. It was just, it was so perfectly executed, man. That was great. That was great. My comeback is also coming from the Women's Royal Rumble, but you know what? I'm just going to give it to Ronda Rousey because it's one of those things like it kind of got like quote unquote spoiled, I guess. If you read the internet, people who didn't read the internet, it was whatever. The pop still worked. This made sense, her coming back. We've all been waiting for it. The women's division is going to be so much better for it because she is just such a big name. And everyone she interacts with gets a benefit. Man, that woman gave birth four months ago. She looked great, I thought, in terms of that. Like, it was just like when Becky came back. It's like, this woman just gave birth. So credit to Ronda Rousey. I think she deserves it. This is like, it's huge. You can say whatever you want about the winner. Obviously, like I would have loved to see Bianca or Sasha win because Ronda could have got her way into a title match or whatever. But no, it's it's fine. Ronda, like this, this was the type of thing. Like this is, this, it's Ronda Rousey, man. I think this one. I was a lot happier with this Royal Rumble finish than I was in the men's in terms of winners. I'm happy to have her back. I mean, I I rather see her and Becky. But if it's still her and Charlotte, that match will probably still be dope because I think Charlotte will be up for it. They'll beat the piss out of each other, and I think people will enjoy Ronda fucking beating the fuck out of Charlotte. So. I think it's nothing but good things having Ronda Rousey back. She gets my comeback. I mean, she's the reason the women were in the main event. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, 100%. she got them over the hill, and now they can't look back. So, I, I look at it that way. Like, she's going to continue to put them in, in positions to be incredibly noted. noted. But, I mean, she's going to bring everybody along for the ride. So, I, it's a no-brainer for me. Like, yeah, I was thinking about when I was watching that promo on Monday. I'm like, oh, boy. If she goes against another reason not to go against Becky, people will cheer for Becky. But they will not cheer Charlotte. Charlotte will find a way to get booed because Charlotte will know the right thing to do. And that's the way I look at it. Charlotte knows what to do. When it, when it comes to business, she knows what to do. Are you saying Charlotte's that good? Because she is. Charlotte's that good. But I think Charlotte's better. I think Charlotte is better than Becky. I think... 100%. It's not I think, even close. I think not it's, even it's close. not even close. And I, I hate the comparison sometimes because I feel like Charlotte knows what to do in the right situation. And she's willing to go all in. 
That's it. You can call the like, shovel. If, if I had a power rankings, uh, it's I think Charlotte Bianca are one A and one B right now with the run Bianca's been on in terms of just like overall everything. But then to me, like I mean, I'd I'd probably I'd, I'd put Sasha over Becky, and then Bailey I think's right there too when she's healthy. So I, it's just one of those things. It's like I think they 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 have to try so hard to keep Becky where she is because of that great year that she had. Whereas with some of the other women, it's just effortless. That's the difference for me. Okay. Sounds good. I think that's pretty much it. We can go into the big old, big old finish, finish, baby. Uh, we have probably things on SmackDown. Ronda will be there. I'm sure Brock will show up, which will be cool. But we have NXT on Tuesday night. We have Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa taking on Legado del Fantasma. We have Cora Jade taking on Raquel Gonzalez. And we have Imperium taking on the Diamond Mind. Nestlemania, what are your takeaways here? Well, I was confused on why the hell we're even bothering with this Braun Breaker like thing with... Like I get, it's him and Escobar. So I know they're just, they're just delaying it. Till I know, the but Valentine's like I'm looking, massacre. and here's here's the thing that like I love Escobar, right? But he's he's gonna be a size guy. Like Vince is gonna look at him and go, he's not big enough. That's fine. They need good mid carters. That's fine. He's great on the mic though. He's absolutely fantastic on yeah, the mic. So are so are so the like the look at the look at the mid card of WWE. They're all guys that would be main event elsewhere, but they're just incredible on the mic. Like. Sami Zayn isn't a main eventer, but he's a, like the one of the best mid-carders they have. Like, there's so many guys. Like, you look at the NXT roster; they have tons of those guys. And newsflash: that's not a bad career. Just because you never win the world title doesn't mean you're a failure. No, 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 no. There's so many guys succeed, succeed, and like fucking like the Miz is the rarity where he's hopped up multiple times. A lot of the times, those like elite mid-carders hop up maybe once, but like there's so many guys in NXT that can, and that's why it's like one of those things is like WWE can't let them all go. Because Escobar is a guy who can just, he's such a good wrestler. He's so good on the mic. He can dominate in that mid-card. He's fucking unlikable. So it's perfect as a heel to put over your baby faces. He actually translates better to me on camera than I think most of most of the people that have come before him. For his yeah, nationality. I agree. I think, he just needs better lackeys. I think, I think that's it. I think, I think here's the thing. I, and I, I hate to say this because the tag, those to go, I don't even know. I know. I'm sorry. I don't know their names off the top of my head. I know. Joaquin Wilde and Ra- Raul Mendoza. Yeah. They're great. They're, they're good wrestlers. They're good wrestlers. I just don't see them like they're the last of the cruiserweight division that you probably need to go. You know what I mean? My, when I look at it, because honestly, and Dom, Dom, maybe Dom has this in my head a lot now, but he's like, think about it, man. Disney just picked up WWE, which we didn't talk about. Maybe they're, they're going back to the bigger guys. Cause they were the big, you know, like the, the well, more picked up WWE India. <laughs> well, whatever. I'm just saying it's a big deal uh, regardless of how we feel about it. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, and then Cora Jade, Raquel, I think that, I mean, they're clearly, these two are going to be a tag team in the uh, Women's Dusty Classic, I think, so this is just to set that up. And... Can, I, can I just say something very quickly? Yes. I don't, here's, here's, here's a take, right? I don't necessarily think having the Dusty Classic really means anything anyway. Like, you could make this anything. It doesn't have it's to It's essentially this. a number one contender tournament now. No, and I, know, and I know what they're doing with it, but you could you could be less of a prick and be like, okay, Rhodes family, here's your legacy or your father. Like, we'll give you war games. We'll do, like, you could go that way if you really wanted to. They're not gonna, because they like think, property. I mean, the but... big reason is, I think that some of those dusty creations are such an integral part. It's, yes, it's of the Rhodes family history, right. but it is such a big part of, like, their history as no, a company, I, too. I, I understand So that. it's one of those things, like, I get it. And, like, Dusty Rhodes, like, being equated with them, like, makes a ton of sense too so it's just but Dusty Rhodes things. was they not gave, really a they big... gave Cody his last name back which I think was a big thing anyways so it's just like I think they're both allowed to honor Dusty I understand that but my, for me I look at it like this like you could name it whatever you want and honestly I don't when I think tag teams I don't think Dusty Rhodes like I understand they're honoring him for NXT I understand that yeah. you could have the Dusty Cup be like the you know the Heritage Cup sort of kind of or whatever it is on NXT UK but I, I just when I see the Dusty Cup thing I'm thinking to myself they might as well call it can they coexist tournament that's exactly what it is it's like you get to a point you're like, oh, I think shit. it's a nice way to remind us about the American dream. That's why I don't, it doesn't bother me because they don't they don't have yearly like the men's tournaments usually like a breakout if they do that. But they don't have yet the, the tag team has become a thing, and I think it's kind of cool. And I'm glad they get to honor. I mean, I think Cody's okay with it too because it's just it's his father's legacy living on. Like sure, like he would love to have more of it too, but it's what it's it's kind of cool that he's his dad is being honored in like every company because he's that fucking special. Okay, whatever. Well, anyway, I I don't think I don't think. Speaking those tags of that, the semifinals are set in the men's. You got MSK versus Anofi and Blade, and Grizzled Young Veteran versus the Creeds. I think we're both expecting MSK and the Creeds. But man, give me the Grizzled Young Veterans for winning for once. They've come in second two years in a row. I want it. I want it. I want it. I still think it's going to be the Creeds beating MSK though. Yeah, I don't see anything but the Creeds 
winning. I, I, you know, uptidy whitey man, they are, you know, they are, they are loose goose ready to rock. I mean, I, I think they're getting better though. I will say this, they're getting, they've gotten a lot better already, which I think is good because they make sense. I know they're never going to be our favorites probably, no. but they make sense. You know what it is? You know what? There's a very Bobby Boucher to both of them. Like they are water boys. <laughs> That's what they are to me. <laughs> Oh, I'm never gonna be able to unsee that now. Like, we should on that note, we should head over to Dynamite. <laughs> I hope for it. MJF and CM Punk at Chicago. I do think CM Punk's gonna win though. The only other match I've seen is Pac and Penta versus the House of Black. Who the House of Black, by the way, were putting the top five rankings after one win to just show you how fucking sensical those stupid fucking AEW rankings are. But I still love them because mainly because they trigger Nestle. And also because uh, at least wins and losses actually matter over there. But yeah, I would assume they're gonna win too. So they'll be 2-0. They'll probably be the number one contenders after that. You know what made me laugh? What, you know what really made me laugh? What it was like, the gun club is top five. Get the fuck they, out of here. They're like 50-0 on dark. At least they have wins. Yeah, but here's the thing. I need, I need a conversion table. I need to know how many elevations equal a dark. I need to know how many dark equal a dynamite. I need to know well, how many dynamites it, equal a rampage. One win on dynamite equals 50 wins on dark and elevation. That's what we need to know. I want to know the conversion rate. I want to know the conversion rate. <laughs> fucking ridiculous i agree gun club top five get out of here get out of here sorry what I, were we talking yeah. about mjf know, gonna, mjf gonna lose in chicago because mjf is never i mean i want what you want but cm punk is a martyr especially in chicago fuck him he stinks let's go to rampage we have the ftw title on the line Ricky Starks versus Jay Lethal. Uh, I hope Ricky Starks retains, but hey, Jay Lethal, they announced a big sign. He was on one week, and then he came back like a couple weeks ago, and now he's back again. It's just, it's weird. It's like Tony Khan signed him because he's a fan of him. Then he realized that, you know, he kind of has that horrible history and allegations, so he's like kind of tempered it back, but now he still has. So it's, it seems like very weird. It's like Khan can't make up his mind. It's like, well, you signed him. He's a wrestler. Should probably use him. Hopefully he loses this match. I think he's going to be enhancing a lot of people. I he mean, should I really, be. I think he's that's what he's there for. I think he's gonna he's he doesn't need it. There's enough guys there. Let's do it. By the way, almost gave my uh, comeback to Dan Housen. By the way, because I fucking love Dan Housen. I'm just throwing it out there. And he, honestly, you I mean, it's like one of there. those things that's been teased there forever, and it makes a lot of sense. I'm just saying. I, they I, need more haha. -ha. He's they, a haha. -ha. He is not only haha, -ha, JC. I will promise you this. I will. I will go I've out. I've never seen a, him wrestle. I will go out on a limb. No, he's not gonna. He's not. He's not gonna wow you in the wrestling department at all. <laughs> I just know that. I'm gonna say right now. You love the riddles. You love the gables. He will be on that level. He will be on well, that see, level. That, so the you the will... reason why he can't be on that level, if you don't think his wrestling is going to impress him, those are two of the best wrestlers in WWE. Okay. That's I'm why saying I, like, specifically I'm, I'm for promos. More... I'm saying specifically so he, for he's promos. He's like that lower card haha who just kind of sprinkles in. So is he going to be like their R Truth? Which I don't think is a bad thing. That's no. Somebody. First of all, that is like a 53 time world, 24 uh, 7 champion, but it's also look at R Truth's career. R Truth right. has an incredible fucking career. If Dan Housen is like half of what he's been, I think that's a huge. I mean, Dan Housen just put out a tweet like, uh, well, like in the last day, which would make me giggle. He was like, Dan Housen's debut on Twitter or on on YouTube hits one million views, right? And he goes, Tony, please send Dan Housen one million dollars in gold coins so he may swim in them. You know, like just like yeah. I love that kind of stuff. So I'm excited for him. Again, putting him over probably is it you know a detriment in my category, but I'm not gonna say what I'm gonna say because then he's really truly cursed. So yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. He curses other people. It's true. Anything else? That's it. That's, That's it? all I got. That's all I've seen announced. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, NXT's tonight. It's a thing. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, Best show of the week, in my opinion. It is a good one. It's a good one. I think we enjoyed ourselves for the Royal Rumble, and uh, we'll be back next week with some more Jobber Knockery. Very nice. Very easy. Very easy.